Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Lorena and this is the Pooch. It has been a bit of a minute since I sat down and recorded a podcast. I don't know. I'm just, my, my thoughts are just not gathering lately. Um, I really, yeah, I I don't know. I'm just struggling to get like a string of ideas together, but I've got, I think a good episode today. So let's just get straight into it. Hope everyone who's listening, which is currently probably my family has been well, um, in the last couple of weeks, we are on episode six. I'm actually quite proud of myself that we're actually, we've made it to episode six. Um, I'd like to start like I start all my episodes and that's with a little pet peeve. This one happens to me quite often because quite often I am in shopping centers, in retail stores with my pram. I right up until recently have really struggled with naps with my daughter. So pram naps have happened quite a lot Um, and you know, walking around is the only way to get her to sleep. I'm sure people can relate to that, but my pet peeve is when I enter a store, um, I'm already conscious of the volume of the sound in the store. So if I go into a shop that's, you know, got really loud music and stuff, I'm, I'm a bit like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just wait until she wakes up because I really like nap time is golden to anyone who has a kid that's not slept very well. You know, how golden, how precious nap time can be. So when you step into a store and the retail staff walk over to you and really loudly greet you and, hey, how are you going? And a super high pitch and super friendly with a huge happy face. And A, all I want is for my kid to sleep. And B, I just, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like I just want to be left alone a little bit. I know it sounds really mean, but the main concern that I have is really just not observing that there is a sleeping human half a meter away from you, um, If my child wakes up, that's the end of me being able to shop. Don't yell when someone comes into the shop with a sleeping baby in the pram. Anyway, that's my, that's my pet peeve for the day. So today's episode, I spent a bit of time thinking about mum guilt. I've brought it up in another episode before, and I think it's something that it really hits deep and it hits all the time. And I feel like no matter how old your kids are, it just feels like something that appears in people's lives all the time. Um, and you know, mum guilt is obviously, we all know what guilt feels like, but mum guilt's kind of really specific. I feel because it can just never be addressed. Like (laughs) no matter how, if you feel good about having done something for your kids, then you feel guilty about something else. Like, you know, have I overdone it? Have I spoiled them? Am I ruining something? If you decide to take a bit of time for yourself, then obviously you're going to feel guilty about having not spent time with your kids. If you're working really hard and earning you know, money for your family? Um, Are you not spending enough time with your children? Whatever it might be. But mum guilt just lingers 
in my life constantly. I have spoken about mum guilt before in the sense that, you know, saying out loud what you feel guilty about, sometimes you can hear how ridiculous your concerns are. You know, if I spend time with my friends, then I'm abandoning my child but actually you might need that time to recharge, to reconnect, to feel grounded, which benefits your child. There are ways to kind of catch yourself in the in the act of mum guilt and, and address it. But what I kind of want to talk about is the whole mum guilt cycle. So I spent a bit of time looking up what causes mum guilt in the first place. And I've just got, I guess, some ideas about what we can do to kind of address it as a whole, because I think, yeah, it can pop up all the time. But what can actually prevent it from being part of our constant existence. I found a little diagram drawn by Mum Life Comics on Instagram that talks about what causes mum guilt. And in this diagram, it basically says that, so this is the cycle, right? So the first thing that happens is that um, the society that we live in creates a particular standard around what a mum should be able to do as a mum and as a person in general. So society sets a standard and Ultimately, that standard is quite high in terms of what you, what should be able to be done. That standard might have been set in the 50s when, you know, mums might have done very different day to day. Um, but bits of those elements of that kind of trickle into today. So this idea that having your shit all together and being able to get things all done and have this kind of life in order, everything organized and society basically tells us that we should be able to do it all and in obviously in today's day and age it involves work and it involves parenting and it involves basically all aspects of life so that's kind of the first thing that happens the second step to the mum guilt cycle is that you know we try to we try to achieve those things we try to or as as hard as we can we try to do everything so we try to have our shit together you know be perfect parents in in every possible way, Um, contribute to the family, whatever the family makeup is, you know, work, be a put together member of society, basically have everything in order in a way that makes us feel complete in every aspect of our lives. The third thing that happens is that obviously we fail because what we're expecting to be able to do is impossible it's physically impossible literally what what this um standard requires is for us to be able to do multiple things at the same time be in multiple places at the same time and it's just not freaking realistic so we fail so the fourth element to this is that we start to feel guilty because obviously we have failed we've not actually put everything in order we've gotten almost nothing in order because we try so hard in all elements so we feel unworthy we feel um, like a failure we feel like we've let ourselves down but more importantly we've let our kids down and that mum guilt really sets in Um, and obviously due to that due to that that failure we feel this sense of unworthiness so what do we do we turn to others for answers how do I do those things obviously I tried really hard I failed how do I get to the point where I can actually achieve this, this standard that society has set, the ability to do everything? And who do we turn to? We turn to society. So we seek answers from others, people have who've done it before, people who are currently doing it. We seek um, answers from, it might be, you know, social media, social groups, people in the workplace, whatever it might be. We look 
to our environment for solutions to our problems. And they are, you know, that's what we see. We see people who've got their shit together. So we look to those people to be like, how can I, how can I do what you're doing? And then the cycle starts again. We've set the standard in our mind that, you know, what people can do this. I can see people around me that are well put together, that are dedicated to their, to their career, who have, you know, amazingly cared for children and, um, partners and relationships that work really well and like everything's in order in their life and we continue the cycle again because obviously we try to achieve those things we fail we feel shitty about ourselves we feel the guilt we turn back to society to answer our questions on how the hell do I make this happen and we just continue around this cycle so here's the thing the issue is that in my opinion if this mum guilt cycle is is to be true and and it kind of it kind of makes sense to me once I had a look into like you know what is it that makes us feel these things that we do as mums all the time um the the first issue is that we are part of the problem and I know that sounds like you know hang on a minute (laughs) we're the victim and the 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 problem in the first place but yes we are because we all try to and and it's not bad I think it's just our how we go into survival mode but we all try to show our best bits, right? So when we turn to society to answer the questions of how the hell do I make this happen? How do I get all my shit in order and make it work? We turn to people who themselves are also <laughs> struggling, but they've presented their, they've put their best foot forward in that particular area of life, right? So if I'm thinking, you know, how the hell do I manage family life and a career, let's say, I look to really dedicated women in my workplace or in similar, you know, careers that that I aspire to have. And I look at the parts of them that are working well, right? Like their career, like how they present themselves. I look at the parts of society that um, are the parts that I feel like are missing in my life. So it might be that I go out and I see these these mums pushing prams, but they're all perfectly put together they look fantastic you know they look like they've been working out they they've got their shit together they appear to be showered and well cared for and just like you know they they really manage they manage their day their time their life really well just by the way that they're presented I don't I couldn't tell you if they bloody showered that day they might have skipped a shower and had a you know fantastic dry shampoo and manage to get out the door and find a way to make themselves look great. But what I'm looking at is the society that I live in. So I look to the people that have seemingly their shit together in in areas. I will do exactly the same as those people are doing myself. So I portray the best parts of me when I'm out in society. And that is what continues to give this standard to mums that, you know, as a mum, you can have all your shit together. I don't show the bits that are falling apart. I don't leave my house obviously having had no sleep. I try to cover that I've had no sleep. I don't leave my house obviously unshowered. I try to cover that I'm unshowered. I really try to make a point of demonstrating to the world around me with the best of my ability and also because it just makes me feel like maybe if I kind of fake it, I, I feel like I've got my shit together Um, so we're kind of surrounded by people like ourselves and we look to those people for solutions, if that makes sense. So we look to the people who are faking it to give us a sense of what standard should I be 
be reaching and then the same problem lies in that I'm unable to achieve that standard so I feel like I failed. The other issue that I feel lies here is that amongst the answers that we're seeking from society, so remember the cycle is having a problem and turning to society for answers, looking to the people that have set the standards or the the environment that has set the standards that have caused us to feel guilty in the first place. As we turn to society to answer our questions, rarely, and I can't even think of an example of when we do actually get an honest answer. So the question is, how do I get everything done? How do I achieve it all? Rarely will you hear or see or have any indication from any source well you don't that's the answer you can't that's that's the honest answer you don't ever really see that answer you have salute you always get solutions about how to how to work harder how to you know how to get up earlier how to get your shit together and it's it's good it's absolutely good but when this particular thing is so unachievable so unachievable because it's physically impossible and that's what causes us to feel guilty. And and it is physically impossible because, like I said, there's things you can't do at the same time. How can I want to spend 24-7 with my child and want to pursue a career which requires to me to be in the workplace at the exact same time? Those things are not – they cannot coincide because obviously one will have to suffer with the when I pursue the other. If I want to spend 24-7 by, this, by my child's side, then I cannot physically be in the office, you know, pursuing a, a full-time career. Like those two things can't happen at the same time. So obviously it is not possible to do everything 100%. So that is an, an unrealistic standard. But I guess the point that I'm making is amongst the answers that we're looking for, we never hear, well, those standards are wrong, that we never hear it's actually impossible to do those things. So we never cut ourselves a break. So the fact that we feel guilty is because we feel unworthy personally because we never hear, well, actually what you're asking for is not possible. So this, I guess, is part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast in the first place was because I kind of realized that there is so much to what I was seeking, especially as a first-time very new mum, but even still now, There is so much that I was seeking from the world around me that made me feel a little bit inadequate simply because I like I just I don't I don't meet all the standards. I don't hit the mark. And I realize, you know, there are subtleties in in conversations that I have with people that make me realize, well, hang on, there are parts of you that actually also feel like me, but we never all put it on the table. You know, we never all come together and go, man, I'm freaking tired and I'm just like shit's not working for me right now. I'm kind of struggling. Like, of course we all talk about struggles, but then we turn around and put our heads up and really have our shit seemingly together. But truly, you know, the, the day to day, um, struggles, but also the identity struggles, because it, I mean, you feel guilty even talking about having an identity struggle, right? As a mum, it's, it's a horrible feeling to say that there's a part of me that is kind of, it's, complex to see myself as a mother when there are parts of my nature and my personality that I miss there I miss parts of me that I feel like they can't coexist with me as a mother and it's probably not true there's things that I can probably be in both worlds 
but there's, you know, and so you feel guilty talking about your identity because people are like, what, you don't like being a mum? Or I think that that's how people perceive me talking about who am I as a mum. The reason I wanted to do this podcast was to kind of give people that, like, I, you know, that kind of friend that kind of goes, it's, it's okay. Like, it's all right to have these feelings. And it's, this is the shit that's normal, right? So imagine if we all lived our struggles a bit more openly. And, and I guess when I say that, it's kind of the idea that, you know, there are certain things that we as a society deem inappropriate or deem just awkward to, to openly address. Something as simple as people get embarrassed when they cry publicly. Like I cry at home, no shame, right? But if I was to feel the tears coming on, which I'm a very emotional person and it's happened on many occasions, but if I was to feel the tears coming on in a public setting, I would be very embarrassed by the people around me noticing that I'm crying um, and I will do everything that I can to avert the discussion, change the topic, really pull my shit together so that I'm not seen to be crying and struggling by the people around me. We have to set a different standard for what's real, you know. It's embarrassing to cry in public. That gives people the impression that crying is a problem. And that's just a silly example, but that's that to me, in a nutshell, is exactly what we do with our struggles, you know, with our challenges in in doing everything that we want to achieve, which is why we hide those things and we don't set a natural real standard for what motherhood, you know, feels like. We don't have this real expression of ourselves. And look, don't get me wrong, I'm all about, you know, top tips to make yourself feel like you've got your shit together. I'm all about that stuff and that'll probably be my next episode, you know, how to how to dress in a way that makes you feel good. I do it for me. You know what I mean? I do it for me, but I'm still I'm still conscious of being very real about my experience. I like to look good. Um, and so I'll be conscious of those things. That's me personally. But I'm not going to, you know, continue to portray this person that looks good because they've got the time and they've got the energy and they've got the the resources to have my shit together. I'm if I'm faking it, I'm honest about faking it. I hope that makes sense. But the point that I'm making is you know, if we lived a little bit more real and if we demonstrated our struggles or collectively a little bit more openly, then this this social standard that is set that has trickled down for maybe generations, I don't know, um, that causes us to feel shitty in the first place might actually go away. I feel like that's happened so much in the last, very, very recently, but in the last few years about, you know, your pooch, like your tummy looking a bit funny after you've had a baby. There are so many awesome people now that, you know, present their body in a way that's like, that's obviously what it looks like because there was a human growing inside it. Back off and I'm going to show it. If it shows in my photos and if it shows in my outfits, I'm not hiding it anymore. And and I know like I've, they're the people that I choose to follow online now because they make my reality different. I literally... I, it's so strange. I know it makes no sense. And I know people will be like, as if you're just saying it, but I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm happy that I have it. And I'm, I'm proud of it. I don't hide it. I really don't hide it. Yes. I would like to be fitter. I'd be happy if I lost a little bit of weight. Um, but in terms of having a mum tummy, like 
I'm not ashamed of it at all. And that's simply because what I'm exposing my eyes to and my reality, my society in my mind views that differently now. People probably don't. I I don't know. And honestly, I've stopped caring because the, the things that I surround myself in, the, the standards that I'm allowing myself to accept for what should happen in that area of my life in terms of my body image, I'm choosing for those standards to be realistic. So I'm I'm only allowing myself to see realistic images of those. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But I also have to play a part in this. And I feel like we all kind of, you know, have to play a part in the sense that our struggles have to be real. And if we are, you know, portraying that they're not there, we're actually causing a problem down the line for other people. And I just feel like I'm coming back to that pay it forward thing that I mentioned in a few other episodes, like just really thinking outside of just ourselves and our own experience. You know, another example of this I thought about was if if somebody has regrowth in their hair, like, you know, right, you're, you're a new mum. when do you have time to get your hair done? Probably never. So chances are your hair's not going to be looking the way you'd love it to. You might have regrowth, you might have greys showing, whatever it is. That's cool. But because we live in a world where we set a certain standard about what people should have in order and we do our best to hide those things, when a person is viewed with regrowth, if I see someone walking around with regrowth, I might look at that person and think, wow, they've let themselves go. Now that they've become a mum, they've let themselves go. And that's the dialogue, that you've let yourself go because you're the one out of many that's actually 
not address the problem. So it must be because you've let yourself go because the standard is that you should be able to address this. So you just don't care enough. So it doesn't relate to not having time, which is the reality of being a new mom, literally not having time or or your hands free to be able to do it. In my case, I had a baby in my arms 24-7 and I was not able to put her down. If I wanted her to sleep, it was in my arms. Um, and even if I had the time to do, you know, something else, it definitely wasn't to, to dye my hair or to go to the hairdresser, no way. Um, but, but, you know, that's like, and I would do what everyone else would do was be to disguise the fact that I have regrowth instead of making that simple thing just like, well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Of course I've got regrowth. The, the standard is that you're not going to have the time to address those things. So let's just embrace it or whatever. But let's not pretend that the person who has regrowth, for example, has it because they've let themselves go because they're the one in the one in a million who does let themselves go because the rest of us collectively find a way to cover it up and find a way to appear to have our shit together. Changing the standard changes the expectation, changes how shitty we feel about ourselves and removes the guilt towards, you know, being a mum. That same thing might apply to things like, you know, babies sleeping. Like I felt so shitty about the fact that my daughter couldn't sleep for so long because I honestly believed that it was something to do with me um, and what I was doing or not doing, you know, in terms of her sleep. And it might very well be. But me feeling really guilty about it all the time doesn't solve anything whatsoever, absolutely nothing whatsoever. And it was seriously, I was like so torn between am I doing too much of something? Am I holding her too much? Am I responding too much? And at the same time, I was given conflicting information, which was you're not picking her up enough. You're not, you know, or which in my case wasn't true because I literally had on my hands in my arms the whole time. But it was like, you know, um, you're, you're, you, you know, I've got the permission to pick her up in my mind because I'd read things or I'd hear people saying, you know, don't worry, you know, it's actually good for them. Like that's babies, what babies need. They crave you. That's why they cry. This is nature. All the things that make sense to me. But on the other hand, you know, I would turn to another person or, or open another site. It's like, why is my baby not crying? And I'd Google it and I'd look for answers. And it's like, well, obviously she's not sleeping. I think I said, why is my baby not crying? Oh, my God. Uh, obviously she's not sleeping because she's you're picking her up. You're responding. You're not letting her learn to sleep. And all the things that I was just like, which what do I listen to? It doesn't matter whether I'm listening or not. It's My baby's not sleeping and it must be because I'm doing something wrong. And the trickle effect of my baby not sleeping is that obviously my mood is impacted because I'm not sleeping. My ability to get other things done is is impacted because, you know, I've got to deal with um, catering to a, a baby who's not sleeping and who's awake more often than not and just the sheer fact that, you know, when I finally put her down, I need to get the rest that I'm lacking because I haven't had sleep. So all the other things in my life are obviously not as put together as how I believe they should be because of what I perceive other people's lives to be in terms of just the shit around the house, let alone um, a, a career. I literally, my daughter was, I can't even remember how old she was. Anyway, she was probably like 10 months or something. And I was feeling completely like, what, what am I doing? You know, I, I, I had like this 
crisis, I guess, where I was like, I'm just, I'm not doing anything with my time. All I do is spend my time. I mean, I'm, I'm saying it now and I feel so crazy for saying this or for even thinking it, but like, all I'm doing is spending my time at home with a baby. I'm not using my brain. I really need to be using my brain. I'm not working towards anything career wise. So I enrolled in, in a, in a course, which was absolutely fascinating. And I'd love to be able to pick it up at another point in time. But now that I'm thinking a little bit more realistic, this is not the right time to do it. But at the time I was like, I need to be achieving something big right now because if I'm not, I'm wasting my time. So while I was trying to get my baby to sleep, I'd be, she'd be finally settling at like 10 o'clock at night and only to wake up, you know, 20 minutes later, half an hour later, and I'd be in there with her for hours at a time. I had literally no time but during the night to study. And the course that I was doing was so intense, so crazy intense. I managed to just pass one subject and I failed the other because I literally missed assignments. And I just, it was just an absolute hot mess of a disaster. And that was purely because, in hindsight, that was purely because I felt that I was failing myself and I was failing my daughter even just because I was like, what am I not achieving anything and what am I teaching her? Like I'm not working towards anything. What kind of role model am I? Like she's not looking to me right now for role modeling, I can guarantee you, not a 10-month-old, but I already felt like a failure in terms of my lack of achievements during the time that I was, it sounds crazy now to me, but that's how I was feeling. I was so down. I was so depressed about it because I was like, I just, I've enrolled in this course. I'm, I will do it. I have to do it. I was so determined both for me and for her. And I just couldn't do it. Like it was physically impossible. I couldn't focus. Absolutely had zero ability to focus. I literally couldn't study until I got her to sleep. And half the time that was really late at night. And this was purely because I literally felt like I have to be able to do more than what I'm doing. I have to. And then obviously what was the outcome? I got really shitty results and I felt even worse about myself. And then I had to withdraw from the course because I was like, I need to be a bit more realistic. And I felt even worse about that. And it was just like, you've doubly failed. Like it was a double failure. And that's just one thing. Like that was just doing a course. So many other things have made me feel that way. And now when I start to look at these feelings of guilt and stuff, they do nothing for me and they do nothing for my daughter. Those horrible feelings of like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, you know, get get your shit together. Be a perfect person all round. Otherwise you're failing everything, especially your child, because role modeling is huge, you know, in terms of her life. Um, and in the end, it just is like, what am I doing? Like there's actually, it's turning me into a worse person or worse version of of who I thought I could be as a mother than if I just let those things go and was real about struggle so what I'm I guess what I'm talking about here is long term right if we all change a little bit if we were all to go I'm just going to leave my struggles out loud I'm going to wear my struggles on my sleeve I think if we all collectively lived our struggles a little bit more openly then long term things might change for for us collectively and for those after us. And I think that's a really cool gift to leave to the planet. But here's my, I guess, ideas short-term, solutions that might be a bit more short-term around 
you know, if you feel caught in this cycle um, of mum guilt, which I constantly do, please do not think that I am in any way um, immune (laughs) to mum guilt. And after making this podcast, I'll probably feel it too. But these are the things that I've thought. Um, The first one is to consciously block out unrealistic standards. So when you are aware of the mum guilt cycle and you understand how it works in your mind, how, how standards that society sets trickle into your expectations of yourself and your inability to achieve and the impossible makes you feel like shit, making you then seek ways to resolve that feeling of shit and then failing again because you're turning to the wrong place. If you're aware of that cycle and you are aware that to look for solutions, you are looking to the wrong place because those standards are unrealistic, consciously block that shit out. Find your inspiration where it makes sense find your standards from where they are more realistic I feel like when you're more conscious of this stuff you will my chair's making a racket I feel like when you're more conscious of this stuff you're going to look to the right places that's what I consciously did around my body image um, which I'll probably talk about at another time but I'm like I said already I'm thrilled if I was to lose a little bit of weight and I'd be so happy to get my fitness levels up again and I know that's going to make me look and feel great however I am not going to turn to places that do not give me a realistic idea of what my body could possibly look like after growing and birthing yes through the sunroof a human like it's just I'm not going to look to the wrong places anymore to the filtered places that make me feel like shit because I could not possibly look like that no human even people who have not given birth could not possibly look like the images that are constantly you know surrounding us so consciously blocking out unrealistic standards I think that is the number one thing you can do to really shake the mum guilt as much as possible and um, when you can't block those things out when things are just delivered to you on a platter when you know, society standards just remain the way that they are. Um, really scrutinize what you're seeing. So I feel like when you're when you're aware that things can't possibly happen at the same time, like the, you know, full-time work and full-time with a child example, those two things can never happen simultaneously. But what you're only looking at is the 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 woman that's got her shit together professionally, um, who happens to be a mum. You're not looking at her, how she feels on the inside when she's at work you're not looking at the inside of her going how do you feel about you know the fact you know your kids right now because that's that's part of the guilt that's part of the struggle so scrutinize what you see by asking what is lacking or what needs to be lacking for this to be possible for what I'm looking at to be possible if I see somebody that seemingly has their shit together their house is perfectly clean let's say, perfectly tidy, absolutely perfectly tidy and they've got a bunch of kids. What is missing? What's lacking? Or what's the cost for this to be the case? Because I know logically that having children and having a house be perfectly tidy cannot exist together unless there's a cost, unless there's a room full of shit that I don't see, you know, unless there's a bunch of toy boxes with toys shoved to the to the brim so to make the house look tidy 
or unless the kids don't get to play inside the house. There's always a cost. There's always a reason why two things that cannot possibly coexist can. There's always a reason. There's always a cost. So that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying. Scrutinize when something doesn't kind of add up because the the perfect is not possible. How much of what you're seeing is a is a in inverted commas a filter, right? How is it possible that someone gave birth a week ago and they have a six pack? How is that possible? Well, it's not. It's absolutely not. So, how much of that is a filter? And when you start to think this way, you realize I put filters on myself. I'm not talking online. I barely post photos of myself online these days. Maybe I need to do a bit more. Um, but I'm talking like metaphorical filters all the time, right? I metaphorically shade things in certain areas to make me look like I've got my shit together. One example is that, um, you know, I, I spoke about it before. When my nails are done, it looks like a part of me is put together. That is that is a, a tiny filter and it's okay. It's totally fine. But if you were to look at me as a new mum who happens to have her nails done, don't interpret that as me having my shit together. Look at that as a filter. Look at it as, you know, something that's put in place to make me feel good about myself, but it's not portraying the reality of my life. I don't get to sit and have, you know, relaxing manicures and have, you know, simultaneous heaps of bonding time with my baby and a perfectly clean house and my life completely in order simply because my nails are done. Like that's the, I guess my point is that that's what we, that's what we interpret from those little filters that we put on our life. Those filters are fine as long as we kind of, I feel like as long as we openly talk about the reality of mum life, because that's where we get this skewed perception of what it should be. My other suggestion for a short-term solution, which is probably the hardest one because it's like saying suck it up, um, but kind of if you, I feel like if you get into the habit of shrugging off mum guilt, so you call yourself out on it. I mentioned in another episode, you call yourself out on it, you say it out loud, I feel guilty because of blah, and you hear it out loud, it sounds ridiculous because it, you're, what, you're, what you're actually guilty about is not something that you should be guilty about. It's, it's, it's impossible for you to achieve the standard that you're wanting to achieve, then you shrug it off. And I feel like over time, learning to go, my, that's, that's just not right. Like that makes no sense. Shrug it off, move on. I feel like that practice of, of just dismissing it a little bit might become a bit more of a habit than a, than a reality. Um, yeah. And, and that might help maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Let's hope. Um, and then the last one is, and people say this in like so many ways. So it sounds a little bit cliche, but what would you tell a friend? If your friend was saying, I feel really shitty because I just don't feel like I'm contributing in this way to my household, or I feel really shitty because, you know, my kids started childcare. That's a huge mum guilt trigger for me, childcare. You know, how can I leave my kid with other people um, so that I work? And the benefits that she's getting out of, going to childcare at the moment are huge, but I still feel bad about it because there's that perception that I should be able to not send her to childcare and still get her, get everything out of life that she should get from me and me work. And, you know, like it's all the things that can't coincide at the same time. I still feel guilty about it, of course, but absolutely think about what I would be telling my best friend 
in the same situation. My friend's baby went to childcare before mine did and we had these conversations and I knew exactly what to say because it was her and I would hate her to be feeling these feelings about sending her child to childcare because of what her child would be gaining out of it. Um, and not just the direct experience of being in childcare, but like what what does my daughter get out of the fact that I'm able to really dedicate myself for a period of time to something that brings back to our family. Like she actually gets a lot out of what I'm able to do while she's at childcare indirectly, but it really benefits her as well. So think about what you would tell a friend is my last piece of advice. Um, Mum guilt is real. It'll happen. As far as I know, it happens for a very, 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 very long time. And then it creeps into your memories when your kids are adults and it continues to happen. So let's, um, let's just be kinder to ourselves overall and to each other. And let's just be a bit more open about our struggles. Let your hypothetical pooch out for everyone to see and, or just do it in real life. And then, you know, let people see what, what it's really like. And then I feel like we can just all be a little bit happier. So I'm just going to leave it here. I would like to tell you to trust your gut, be kind to your pooch, have an awesome week or two. Let's hope I get my shit together and make another episode soon. But I'll catch you then. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.